All right, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. I didn't know that little lizard was over 75 years old. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of those trained specialists. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company's called Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and in 54321... We're out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. We've got a special show for you today. Going to uh, Emory Motorsports. I'm actually right outside the gate of Emory Motorsports, and I've got my little portable podcasting device, and I'm going to walk around with Rod Emory and have a look at this... uh, New workshop. New to, new to me. I haven't seen it. Uh, I saw the old one, but uh, probably new to you. This is where uh, the Porsche Maestro, the outlaw master Rod Emery, builds his cars. There's a, a big uh, gate here that uh, that says, just stay, stay out, stay out, unless I invite you in. I feel like I'm outside the gates of the Willy Wonka factory, and I've got a, I've got a golden ticket to see some cool stuff and uh boy there's a lot going on right in this moment i don't know if you noticed uh, there was an emory speedster uh on bring a trailer that uh, the auction ended two minutes ago uh, yesterday the bidding was up i believe it was aqua marine blue um one of odds uh rod's earlier cars that car uh i think was up to 260 yesterday and Mr. Seinfeld called me up and said, uh, see what you can find out about it. And everybody was buzzing about it. And we're going, God, what is going to be the benchmark for a Speedster with a non-original engine, but an Emery engine and an Emery Outlaw chassis and brakes and everything else that Rod does? Well, guess what? It just sold for $500,000. Uh, and it was purchased by another friend of mine, crazy Eli Kogan, who... Uh, got his own car storage joint there and he's going to store it in his place in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So congratulations, Eli. Uh, you know, really funny. I was just chatting with Rod a moment ago and he said, you got to hold. There's 30 seconds left in the auction. And well, look at all that. Anyway, here I am. The gates opened up. I'm walking in. It's uh, just, I'm just going to try to take it in for a minute. There's a lot of stuff that I'm looking at here. Holy crap. This is going to be great. There's Rod Emery unloading uh, a 356 off the trailer. With uh, He's holding a fender in his hand and a phone in his other hand. <laughs> and handing it off. What did he just buy? Well, this is a... Uh, he's got an old 356 with some roller... Looks like a roller, actually. Wheels on it. And it looks like it's going to be the next Emery 356. His son Zane is there. Wow. And he's just pulling pulling parts off. What do you got in there, Rod? <laughs> it's all right. Finish your call. What do you got? Do you, you all right, buddy. Okay. So, um, okay. Right. He's going to get off the phone. He's going to talk to all of you. Oh, by the way, I, let me let me fill you on just one one other thing while Rod's uh, wrapping up on the phone there. This, the Zagato 356. Rod, give me just one second, and then we're going to start. 
I, I, I made a note of this to mention. The Zagato 356 of Spike First and, and Paul Zuckerman, the Morris Solomon Zagato, is getting on a plane this week and being flown to Los Angeles. We are showing it at the Works Reunion um, up in Monterey, which I believe is that Friday of Monterey Car Week. I don't know the date, 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there. Maybe it's the 16th. I don't know. But you can come see it there. Come uh, lavish praise on it. Come make fun of us. Come scratch your head and tell us what you think it is. But uh, it will be there uh, as well as uh, don't forget that I have uh, two forums, one with Adam Carolla on Thursday at 2 o'clock, which might already be sold out. I apologize. And Patrick Dempsey, the Porsche Racing Pass Panel with Patrick Dempsey and Hurley Haywood, where we're talking about racing Porsches. That is Friday at 11 a.m. So check that one out, too. Um, all right. Let's get, let's get going. Where'd Rod Emery go? Rod, where are you? Here he, oh my God, there's a 914 tucked in the corner away here too. Grab a microphone, my friend. Are you ready to talk? I'm ready. Thank you for inviting us all out. Hey, thanks for uh, coming today. Sorry, it's a little crazy right now. I just uh, <laughs> bought a little A coupe that just showed up on a trailer, and uh, that auction on Bring a Trailer just closed. I just for that was speedster. just telling everybody keep the mic close, so otherwise they're going to yell at me. Okay, okay. Um, thank you. First of all, thank you for inviting us out here. I've never done a show like this before. Every, I, I've been so curious about your garage and how it works here. I'm sure everybody listening around the world is also very curious, too. You're going to today just walk us through and kind of show us how it works. Yep. Right? I've never been. The stuff we're seeing out here in the parking lot, you just unloaded a car. Tell me what's happening right here. Well, yeah, so that uh, A Coupe was uh, kind of a rescued project that uh, I just bought from a guy. It was a car that he was having restored at another shop, and it had been sitting there for about two and a half, three years, and just... Wasn't getting any action uh, or let moving just, along. Let me just stop you there. That car was in a shop getting restored. That that thing, well, the, that it, roller. Well, the beginnings of it. If you look, there's some floors in it, and <laughs> the nose was taken let's off. Let's go but, look. So now, uh, now we're uh, gonna. I, uh, I understand why he pulled it. So, this, it, well, oh, it I happens. See. Okay, yeah, it, there you it go. It happens all the time. You know, unfortunately, these projects once they start stripping the paint and they find all this bondo and all the brass and. All that stuff, and you know these yeah. cars. You got to realize these cars when they were a three thousand dollar car, there were thirty dollar repairs done on them all day long. Okay, and so that's why there's such poor work on so many of these mm -hmm. older cars because you know they were just banged up and they just fixed them and got them back on the road. Now right. these cars come here to get fixed properly and to be upgraded a bit, which you're going to see today. And what are you doing to this car? Uh, this will be another car, uh, another candidate for an Emory Outlaw. So it's a perfect candidate. You know, this is a car that, that needs floors, needs longitudinals. You can mm -hmm. see the nose was taken off because yep. it was full of brass and Bondo. So we'll repair everything. The car will get disassembled, uh, media blasted. So this is really how the majority of our projects start. Wow. We find them like this kind of a, a rescue, uh, kind of like dogs, you know. We, show, me, show me the Bondo right here. Yeah, so you can see how thick it is on the cowl. Right, uh, this car right. probably had the hood come open and it caved the cowl in. <laughs> and then they brazed a new fender on and uh, you can see all this brazing. Yeah. And then the rust underneath. Um, it's just kind of part of the deal. It's just... <laughs> Here comes it's just, the fender. Yeah, there's the fender. So. What is that made of? Um, well, it's mostly uh, <laughs> plastic oh, now. Oh, yeah, there's this. So the old, the old yeah, fender. Yeah. But but the cool part is the car also came with a new set of fenders from Trevor's Hammerworks in Ohio. Mm -hmm. he, he makes really good quality parts. And a new nose panel from Restoration Design. So it came with some, some good parts. Um, and just like the Pre-A that's sitting next to it, that's a 53 Pre-A that uh, you can see is pretty rough and ragged. Don't uh, worry, everybody. I'm going to take... 
a thousand pictures, and I'll put it in the post when I post the podcast. So as you're listening, you can swipe through and look at some of these cars. Now that I can tell. Not being a bodywork guy, that's a lot of Bondo. That's that a lot. Like someone put some silly putty all over <laughs> it. It's a lot of Bondo. A lot Holy of shit. A lot of crappy welding. A lot of uh, you know. Wow. But you know what? Is this, this is this is the this is what we start with. That way we can bring these cars back. Yeah. And uh, and do Look what we're gonna this. do. Yeah. So who who the hell? Did, this looks like I, I did the bodywork. Uh, you would have done. A, you would have done a better job than Slime this. Slime or something. My God. So this what? car has been sitting, obviously that was all the work that was done on this thing was probably done 20 years ago and it's right. been sitting ever yeah. since. Um, I actually got this car from uh, the guys over at Vintech. I don't know if you know who, who uh, Thomas and those guys are, but they, uh, they're doing a 912 project that's mm -hmm. really cool. They're in uh, El Segundo, um, but or right over by um, uh, SpaceX. Anyways, really cool guys, but this was a car. They, they thought they were going to do a restoration or, or start doing something with a 356, but when they realized that these 356s need so much metal work, I think they... They uh, they turned me on to the car and I bought it from them because it's per it's a perfect candidate for what I do. Yeah. I, I love cars like this because I'd rather have a car that is missing the original engine and that's full of Bondo and that's rusty because then I can bring it back. Because mm -hmm. when I build these cars, I go through and replace and repair all that stuff anyways, and I'm not going to put the original engine back in. So I don't ever start with a car that has a numbers matching engine and all the parts because right, right. leave those cars for you know guys like your buddy Jerry that want this stuff all perfect and proper and I don't uh, know you, you know, know getting back to the auction <laughs> uh, that congratulations by the way great for the brand half a million dollars for that speedster thank he you he had called me about it three days ago he's in London ah, and said what yeah. do you guys think about this and I said you know funny I'm going to see Rod but it's going to be right as the auction's ending and he goes I I, I kind of want to buy it and I'm like don't don't you have 10 speedsters? He goes, but I don't have that speedster spy. Yeah, it's a re it was a really good car. I built that car in 2008. Uh, it was a 56 speedster that um, was sitting on the side of a, a, a barn on the 99 freeway, just off the freeway under kind of a lean-to. And I got a call from a friend of mine, and he said, Rod, he goes, I found the old farmer's speedster wow. under the lean-to. You got to be here in twenty four within twenty four hours with seventy five thousand dollars cash. Have you ever mm -hmm. gone to your bank and said, "Hey, I need seventy five thousand cash"? Yeah. Do they do the kidnapping thing? They with do the you? kidnapping thing, and <laughs> you have to go to three banks, and you know, banks only keep about fifteen grand on hand. You did know? they really do the kidnapping? No, thing? no, no, no. They did it to me, uh, but they, they made looked. Me... At, but, but just to just to be clear, I was buying this my seventy S back in the day, and I, all I needed was thirty grand in cash. The rest of it, and the lady goes, she looks at me, and she goes. Is everything okay? Oh. I go, what do you mean? She goes, is everything okay? okay? Blink if you're in trouble. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> she uh. goes, you're taking a lot of cash out. Are you okay? Is there someone holding someone hostage? It really happened. I wow. wasn't joking. And I know other people here where that's happened to. Yeah, no, I was... So you, you get the $75,000. I was in Oregon at the time. This was 2008. I uh, grabbed that's a buddy of harder. mine that was tough enough to, you know, help me wrangle, you know, drive yes. 16 hours with seventy five grand in the center console <laughs> of the Ford, <laughs> and we beeline it down to, uh, you know, just north of Fresno and uh, hand over 75000 in cash, load this thing in our trailer, and we take it back to the shop. The problem is, I posted some photos on my Instagram, the problem is, is it was so full of spiders and so <laughs> loaded up that as soon as I brought it to the shop, I tented it with plastic and I put 
like those bombs inside the uh, raid, uh, <laughs> raid bomb. uh, bombs inside of it. But anyways, <laughs> this but is the blue car that Eli the has. Car. Yes, it's the spider speedster. It's the spider it speedster. Is now officially Eli the, the spider, spider speedster. speedster. <laughs> but it's an awesome car. It, it, it turned out to be a really. It didn't have the original engine, right. but a really good solid car. When I media blasted it, and then we did our typical thing with it. We we put. Um, you know, 911 rear suspension, annular disc brakes, 901 four-speed transmission, couple hundred horsepower. You, can I ask you a question? On the Polo engine, did yes. you have to put a different hood on to squeeze that engine into the back of the Speedster? No. You didn't? Nope. Now, how come I've heard that you have to do that, that sometimes that engine does not fit? Well, but I'm not going to tell you all of the secrets. <laughs> oh, you have a secret. I do. I've oh, got lots you of have secrets. A secret. This is just a special message to Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, I will get this secret for you. Where are we walking to? Okay, what we're going to walk doing? in here. You're not okay. going in the workshop yet. Okay, let's get out of the sun. Let's get out of the sun. We're going to go in the only air-conditioned room in our building okay. uh, for we're a couple of minutes. We're walking a pair of uh, double black doors here. Into... And the first thing you see. Wow. Oh, my Lord. My Lord. What a little room this is. So this Silver is my little. cars, ladies and gentlemen. Four of them. Four and a half, actually. You'll know what I mean in a second when you look at the picture. Go ahead. Tell us what we're looking at here. So, yeah, this is my little sanctuary. So the four cars that are in here, I mean, people already know that I love silver, uh, and I wear black T-shirts all the time. Okay, I and, didn't know uh, that. Uh, you I, know, certain things, I, I eat the same thing for lunch every day, you know, kind of weird stuff. Hot dogs? No, no, no. I, I have this, uh, <laughs> you know, this meal that my wife prepares for me. I want to know what it is. It's, it's steak and mushrooms and couscous, and I eat it. Ooh. Four to five days a week. Um, but anyways, one. I, I, I'm, I'm one that, uh, you know, I don't want to have to worry about what am I eating today? What shirt am I putting on? Mm -hmm. You know, any of that stuff because I've got so much other stuff that I focus right. on every single day that there's some things that I just let be – Take, take a look life. at what I'm wearing. Do I look like I put any thought into <laughs> <laughs> Describe what's on my hat. Oh, yeah. So, oh, Chris Craft hat. <laughs> Come on. And uh, yeah. a pair of old vans oh. and some ripped jeans. Oh. Anyway, so the so, cars here, okay. this little place, when I walked in, you know, you don't, probably don't see it because you see it every day. But when I walked in, I went, oh, I just felt like that. I went, oh. Uh, I could just live here. Well, thank you. So, yeah, the this first. beautiful. The first car you see is the. What uh, a room. The 1951 Lamar winning 356 SL that you and Jerry helped me with yes. details on. Um, so that car sits kind of right Can at I the front. Can I ask you a question about the parking of this car? Yes. I notice it's a little more left than straight. Why? Well, it's a little more left so that uh, the guys, as they're walking towards the lunchroom, don't drag uh, anything don't drag against, anything against it. Because it is right here in the middle of our workshop, and yes. um, and it sits here you know, every day. It was at the Peterson Museum off and on throughout the the. Porsche Effect exhibit, but now it's uh, back here in its but little home. But this isn't your car. It's not. This is uh, this car belongs to Cameron Healy. He was my first client, first person that I built cars for and took racing. Uh, we've been uh, working together for over twenty five years, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but I built built the car, restored the car, and I am the custodian, or I guess wow. the uh, you know the the caretaker of the car um, for. Ever. Th that could so. be the greatest deal in the world for yeah. a guy I've ever heard. It's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> you know, Cameron and I had so much fun finding the car, discovering Did the details. Cameron drive the car? Does oh, he, yeah. He's driven he, it. He yeah. does. So yeah. he leaves it here. What he leaves it. I guess it, in a way that... And I, I take it to events. I deal with yeah. the media stuff. 
it, it's and it's also comforting to know if anything goes wrong, it's with the guy who can fix it, right? That's I understand that. I like that. Yeah, and that and, works. and and you can know, I leave a car here with you. <laughs> and if it's gonna, you know, if the car's going to Rensport, he meets me there and we enjoy it for the weekend, and mm-hmm. then I care for it and bring it back. Um, so we we're kind of like you know co-owners. I'm just not on the title. Wow. Next to it. Okay. Next to it is my. Uh, the first Emory Special I built. I built that God car damn. in 1998, and uh, that's a 65 or 64 Cabriolet that I leaned the nose back, leaned the windshield back, rolled the rockers, raised so the wheel right. arches, and it's got a trailer hitch on the back. Uh, it does. In, in fact, the Let first time I met, you know, that. I know we always bring up Jerry, but the first time I met Jerry uh, was in 1998. <clears throat> I had just finished oh this God. car and uh, <laughs> restored a little Ariba poop trailer to tow behind it, and Amy. <laughs> My wife and I, we were married for a couple of years, and our son, Zane, was only three months old. So the three of us traveled around the western United States, and the first stop was at Monterey for Porsche's 50th anniversary. And we were driving this, towing our little camp trailer, and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. And, and Jerry came walking up to me when I, was, uh, uh, when I had driven, driven the car into the pits, and he uh, sat in it and crawled underneath it, and it was, it was pretty cool. That was the... Wow. the uh, so that's it's beautiful. So that's my Emory Special that I built in '98. Um, we have a 904. Yeah. So this is uh, um, uh, chassis number 906011. So this is actually a six-cylinder works 904. Wow. So as you, as many of you might know, the 904s had a four-cam, four-cylinder engine. But then when Porsche developed the six-cylinder and were getting ready to introduce the 906 mm-hmm. to the world. They took that six-cylinder engine and put it in a handful of 904s, and they raced them. And this is one of the cars. This is chassis number 11. And where did you come across this one? i got to so, grab a, uh, just a look in here. This car has been, uh, was a factory works race car for years, and then uh, it was owned by uh, uh, Jamie Mazzotta, then Jeff Lewis, and uh, Stephen Dudley. And we, um, I I acquired it from Stephen Dudley for Cameron Healy, my client that owns the SL. And then uh, we restored the car again. It was restored originally back in about in the 80s. Kevin Genetic Gunner Racing restored it. And then we and then it was raced for years. So we ended up having to do another restoration on it. And then Cameron raced it from 2009 up until about a year or two ago. Uh, Went to did the Lamar Classic with it twice. Went to Spa, did all kinds of events with it. Um, but he recently just sold it to uh, a, n- a new gentleman that, that had us go through and freshen the car up as uh, a proper 906 street car or 904 wow. street car. Yeah, I was going to say, so you can put a license plate on it and you can it's, drive it's it anywhere. Totally, it's set up for the street now. It's got the same visibility as a new Lamborghini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just don't look Hardly behind any. you. <laughs> so, yeah, and then next to the 904 uh, is Boy. probably the lowest mileage. Um, seventy nine nine thirty really in existence. So it's got sixty original miles. Come on, it's never been driven uh, except for the sixty. The test, red dot sticker mile. on the rear uh, mirror is that original? Is yep. that some sort of weird factory original plastic that I don't know about? It is Zorzi uh, style greatness. The the wait, where does the sixty mile nine eleven turbo come from? So a friend of mine uh, that lives in New Jersey, a businessman that uh, uh, that loved. You know, 930s, bought two of them. Uh, this is a 79 Special Edition. Love these or it was, it's actually a 1980, technically, mm-hmm. built in 11 of 79. Uh, so it has the 85 mile an hour speedometer. And he bought two of them. He bought a black one and a silver one. <laughs> and the plan was drive the black one uh, and let the silver one uh, sit 
in his office area until mm. until he needed you know some work on the black one and he'd start driving the silver one. Well, right. He never drove it, never registered it, never oh did anything. God. And then you know after six seven years, you kind of get to a point where you're like. It's probably not a good idea to start it and drive it. Right. The brakes have never been. Uh, if you look at the brake rotors, they're still kind of you know surface rust. Nobody's touched the brakes. Uh, good lord! It's, it's as delivered. I mean, if you open the door, <clears throat> what are delivery miles in 1979? Is it still 20 miles or is uh, it? It, it was 60. It was. It 60, came with 60. 60 miles when it came to the states. Unreal. Yeah, but you got to realize it was a turbo. So you don't you know, start it up. You no. don't do anything. we it. it's here because we're considering. Uh, going through and resealing everything just carefully and then running it on a chassis dyno just to circulate everything. Yeah, you got to, right? So, you got to yeah. keep it moving along. So, well, this is amazing. Pretty cool, huh? What a, and so this is, your, this is your big four. Yeah. And, and then when I said a half, we have a little tiny old Speedster kid car up there, but not one that I've ever seen. It also appears to be lowered. It's got the nipple hubcaps on there, Porsche hubcaps. And an outlaw badge on the deck. And it, it does. Let me see. Wow. What is this? Where did this come from? All right. So, yeah, this is a half-scale speedster that runs, drives, turn so signals. this is half-scale. Turn signals work. Wipers come work. On. Can um, I touch it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything wow. works. It runs. It drives. has a little, little five-horsepower uh, Honda engine that runs through a regular muffler. So, it actually sounds like a 356. No. If you look at the muffler. Look at that. Yeah. So, it, it has the sound of a 356. But everything works on it, 100%. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just an amazing little car. So this, this body was a body that my dad bought for me when I was about three or four years old. <laughs> and my dad never made it into a running, driving uh -huh. car. So then Bada Mattia, you know Bada, right? Yes, I do. So Bada was, uh, had a son that you know is about eight, <laughs> ten years younger than me. So, my dad, so Bada's like, hey, if you're never going to finish that thing for Rod, maybe you'll finish, maybe give it to me and let me finish it for Brandon. Yes. Well, so Bada starts working on it, but in true Bada fashion, he overdoes everything and made every little detail so perfect. I mean, the license light, the tail lights, the yeah, you know, beautiful. the reflectors, every little piece is so detailed. So but wait, where did your dad find it? He bought it at a swap meet, just the body. <laughs> it just happened to be a tiny a tiny speedster. speedster. But the deck lid around. the deck lid and hood didn't open <clears throat> at the time and yeah, you know, yeah. it didn't have like all this cool trim stuff. So it was oh, it was Bada and his team at Bad Company, uh, which they're you know, Bada's now retired, but he went down the path of building this for his son Brandon, but he never got it finished by the time Brandon was too big to drive it. So And the speedster seat, the tiny speedster seat. Every little detail. It looks like a real one. Yes. It's just a little tinier. So it's really impressive. So we have it's enough an impressive. We model. have enough parts, pieces, bodies to do about twenty of them. Right. Uh, we just don't have the time. We're too busy building full size cars right now. But Yeah, who's not gonna want this for their kid? But I would not <laughs> spoil a kid with this. This is too great. No kid should have something. As so nice I have as a little this. trailer that I put it on and I, I took it to Lufticult uh, <laughs> at, at Ganal Lumber. <laughs> okay. uh, so people a couple people have seen it, you know, in public, but uh, it is it's super cool. All right, we're with Rod Emery at Emery Motorsports. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. Let me tell you something. Did you know most people have no idea whether or not the motor oil they're using is good enough to protect their engine? Everybody's driving around not even caring about what's going on under the hood. Only one brand literally goes the extra mile to test everything, including ensuring they're the right motor oil for your car. And I'm talking about Valvoline. That's right, Valvoline. 
is the only motor oil brand in the world with an engine lab completely dedicated to testing motor oil. Valvoline takes their products and their competitors, I might add, and runs them through the gauntlet. I'm talking thousands of miles. Then the engineers and technicians take those engines apart to evaluate exactly what happened. Please don't try this at home. Trust that Valvoline has done it for you. Was there carbon buildup? How did the seals hold up? Did the engine perform like it was supposed to? And most importantly, were the critical engine components protected? You don't know, but Valvoline does. So when Valvoline is formulating motor oil for your engine, they know exactly how it performs and what protects it best because they've seen the results firsthand. It's why I trust Valvoline in my car, and it's why Valvoline has been trusted for more than 150 years. Head over to Valvoline.com slash spike to see what product is right for your engine. That's Valvoline.com slash spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, welcome back. We're with Rod Emery heading into his design room. What happens in the design room? Well, once we get into the workshop, you're going to see that most of what happens in there is, you know, all old craftsman style banging on sheet metal and all that. But we do mm-hmm. a lot of digital work. If you come on in here, you can see, um, you know, we have to design our wheels. Hey, Phyllis. Uh, so oh, Chris, yeah, Chris has been working with me since about 98. And whenever we have an idea that we want to, you know, change the door handles on the cars, then he'll 3D scan them. And uh, we'll do a, a 3D print and then go to machining, you know, our aluminum handles, mm-hmm. uh, our wheels, kind of all that stuff. So Chris handles... So these are 3D printed, these tiny wheels right Yeah, here? these are tiny. And so we always do them quarter scale first just to uh, kind of proof of concept. Right, and then, right. And then from there, we'll move on to actually machining full size stuff. And there's stuff. your 3D printer right there. The Carbide 3D. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Can so, you ever put, like, in a 3D printer something edible and then print something nice yeah. to eat, like a sandwich? Yeah, there, there are? Yeah. What awesome. is the substance that it prints? Uh, fondant. Fond- oh, fondant. Oh, like that, that crappy stuff that you wrap on a cake to make yeah, it look yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I made oh. a... My son came home three weeks ago and said, I want to make a cake and I want to put fondant in it. And I said, excuse me? And I said to Eric, I, go, Why? Fond- I don't know what fondant is, but he wants to make fondant. And that's how you would do it. And it's very malleable, kind of... Like it's how they make thing. cakes look pretty. All those, you know. Yeah, no, I know. We shows. made it. We yeah. ate it. I've consumed about a pound of fondant in the last three weeks. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I just broke someone's breaking clock. Now, who's this guy? You've got on the wall here this uh, skateboard yeah, with a beautiful Hoyer watch on the back. So yeah, and he's so, on Instagram. Uh, right? He is. Yeah, Lugcraft. He so Lugcraft. Yeah. Right, so he right. does some really cool stuff. If you saw the other ones that we have over in the corner, he uh, that's beautiful. He did some three fifty six outlaw skateboards for us and some other stuff. But he's also <sighs> working with us on horn buttons and a couple of things that are directly related. to I know, our cars. but a skateboard. With an Octavia, Sifford Octavia. I didn't know he was doing that. That's Pretty like awesome, made right? for me. Pretty awesome. <laughs> That's what I do on the weekends. I skateboard. <laughs> and I have a Hoyer on the bottom. Nobody said I could do that, Lugcraft. You said you wanted to do something with me. You didn't say I could make a Hoyer skateboard. I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, so and look at this. Ah, My wall of uh, miniatures. wall of miniatures. So Zane and I, my this son. Awesome. Uh, By the way, was that Zane outside? That was Zane, So yes. he's working here this summer. Yeah. So oh, he's, uh, when he's when he's not, he's on the Goldbergs. Yeah, um, he's a very successful actor. Yeah, right, right now he's currently on the Goldbergs, uh, a Marvel show, Runaways, and uh, The Rookie. So, But when he's not 
on set. He's busy uh, here. He's got a 911 he's working on. and uh, Amazing. And no, I've, I've seen his car. That's an amazing so, car. What an amazing life he's got going on. He good must stuff. be bringing down the girls, huh? Yeah. Right? He, yeah. You know, Proud dad. Plenty right? of options. He's, plenty of options. <laughs> he's, uh, he could be the new Steve McQueen here, right? You he's never an know. You know. And he's a racer. And he's got Lots cars. of potential. Yeah. And he's got a, and he's, pressure on you. Zane, he's a good but, guy. Just turned 21. Wow. And uh, oh, yeah, life, that. Is, life is good. Imagine that. Life is really good for him. Yeah. Good Lord. So, yeah, so these uh, Zane and I started collecting these um, back in the day when he was on my back in a backpack. We'd go to these Porsche events. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, I've got a bunch, too. Every, Look at them. Every we year we'd go all. to the literature toy swap meet, and I'd load, load him up with a couple, and then it, the, the collection just kind of started expanding I'm impressed from that he did not break them as a small child. Oh, there's <laughs> plenty. There's boxes of broken ones. Uh, <laughs> They're beautiful, really fun, and a really neat idea on how to display them. Well, this oh is all – so the, the vertical pipes are actually the old air pipes out of our old workshop. And so, uh, so those galvanized pipes used mm-hmm. to carry the air through our workshop. You just and, make uh, it all, right? Yeah, we do. You know, you build it all. Look at that a prototype speed uh, Boxster up there. Yep. Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. keep? Uh, how do you deal with the model car dust? I'm you know, I use easy. I use one of those Milwaukee blowers, and I blow them off once a week. Oh wow! And just and a little, uh, little uh, yeah, a little battery powered blower. Wow! And it bl- I just blow them off once a week. So he has never... a solution for everything, ladies and gentlemen. The <laughs> die cast model dust. <laughs> it's a Milwaukee blower. That's all we needed. All right. So welcome to the workshop. Oh, it's nice and noisy in here. Yeah, I'll get I'll get the guys to quiet well, down that's a little okay. bit. But so I'm make noise as you walk into the workshop. Um, I'll kind of walk you through the different stages. So where we're at right now is uh, kind of the entry door. And on my right is all of the uh, machine shop tools. So we, you know, we do our own machining like mill and lathe work. And then uh, over to my left, uh, we do all of our uh, welding and fabrication. So like 901 transmissions, we're modifying them to put in the 356s. And then this rack right here with the... the picture of my grandfather's cars above it, that's where we do the first step of the process. So we disassemble the cars, and then we send them out for media blast. And then as soon as they come back from being media blasted, then the first thing we do is look at all of the you know, areas that need to be repaired and all the old damage. We were looking at some of that on the car outside. Right, right. But you, know, you can see that pretty much every one of them is full of lead. You know, It's got uh, a lot of you know, brass and rust holes and nose clips put on let me can i ask you a question why are people putting brass on a on a body for so, so it was it was a rep, it was a way to repair the cars years ago that was uh, pre, l- lower but, heat but before bondo or after yeah bondo? it was kind of kind of before bondo about the same time okay it's just that brazing brazing rod melts at a lower temperature than regular steel rod so that meant that they could uh, put the new nose panel on and braze it with lower heat so you'd get lo- less distortion in the metal, yeah. which meant less body work. Got it. These days, we fix it all properly. So we gas weld it all. We TIG weld it. We you know plenish all the welds and get them so they're as good or better than they were originally. Can I ask you a question about <clears throat> back in the day, in the 50s and 60s, when a car was like crashed, front or back, was it common to take... The front end of one car and the back end of another and weld them together? Was that just something you did? And would that mean that there were two different VIN numbers? I mean, Well, you mean like chopping cars up and, and taking, uh, taking, yeah, I mean, a lot of times they would have to because um, 
Uh, yeah, basically taking a, a car that was crashed in the rear and a car that was crashed in the front and making right. one good one. Right, that, right. that still happens today. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, uh, there's still shops that are you know that do shop shop work. You know, but but they can't. But wouldn't that mean you'd have to salvage the car? Or yeah, technically that would be a salvage title car. Right, right. I yeah. see. I see. Um, okay. We don't do that in the shop here. I mean, we go through and fix everything. Um, I mean, there's times when we you know we'll take a nose panel and put it on the tail, or you right, know, we'll right, right. mix. You know, mix the formula a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed when you drove in, but our building doesn't say Emory Motorsports outside. It just says bakery in German. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> all we're doing is mixing ingredients in this building. I liked you know? it. It was intimidating, and I felt like, <laughs> oh, boy, I hope I'm invited. I, I, I said to the listeners, it was a little like being outside Willy Wonka's, and Willy Wonka's about to come out. And you're kind of like a Willy Wonka. You're the Porsche, uh, the Willy, Porsche Wonka Willy Wonka guy. I guess. You so. are, in, in a way. So, right, yeah, once the cars more. are media blasted and disassembled and and we evaluate them then that's where they go through the phases of all the sheet metal work so that's where we start repairing the nose and tail doing the new floors doing the longitudinals strengthening the chassis doing the modifications for the suspension right uh kind of all of those processes and you can see all the tools behind it you know this is an old uh early 1900s english wheel uh this is a, a libert shear from the 30s 40s Wow. Uh, all of our pull maxes are, you know, 60s era, 50s, 60s era. So I our see tools are old school. A lot more cars than I saw in your last shop. I mean, I'm just looking around now. I'm seeing at least 20. It's a much bigger operation you got going on here. How many? How many cars are you working on? Or are you having this? 15 space? in progress at right. any given time, right. and then about 20 on a waiting list. Wow. So when you were at the last shop, that was a smaller building. We had th- three other buildings that we had stuff. Right, right. Stuffed in. Yes. Um, now you're seeing a building that's a couple hundred feet long, so you're seeing all of it in one place. It's much, it's a much, it looks like much more of a workshop than it is a display. The last one felt like there were more cars on display yeah. rather than being worked on. And you've really gone down the workshop uh, wormhole here. Look at that. Engines over here. This, this, just this, just, I could sit and <laughs> stare at this. Like, I want to come back and smoke a cigar and just look at some of the angles. So what you're looking at there... I mean, there, look at the picture I'm taking right now. What you're, what you're <laughs> looking at there, those four-cylinder 911 engines, it's a pretty unique collection of engines. So I don't know if you know the history of the four-cylinder 911, like the Polo engine. No, I don't. Okay, so in... I thought the Polo engine was a cut-up okay. six, right? So, but originally, uh, uh, an engineer at Porsche in the 60s, Paul Hensler, was tasked with the project to see if... It was feasible to build an overhead cam 911-style engine in a four-cylinder for cars like the 912 or future projects. It wasn't something they moved forward with, but the design and concept was done. Then in the 80s, a gentleman, Chuck Beck, who built the Beck 550 Spiders and Speedsters, he took a 911 3-liter engine, cut the case, welded it back together, and made it a four-cylinder. So his prototype is actually the, the one in the back over there. I bought that from... You uh, bought the prototype. I bought his prototype. Where did you find that? Uh, I bought H- it from a... the swap meet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I brought it from a, from a, from a friend prototype. of mine. So the one over there in the back, that's, oh, a, that's wow. the prototype Chuck Beck engine. So you no can see it says, way. it says Beck Spider on it. Come on. Okay. Oh, so he was, really the first, cool. he was the first one to actually cut and weld the case together. Then Dean Polopoulos that built and designed the yep. Polo engine... His prototype is in my car that's in the showroom, the first Emory Special. No way. So Dean built his engine not long after Chuck did. Chuck decided not to go into production building them. Uh, Dean built his, 
And then, uh, so his prototype's in my car. So is this the engine you put in most of your 356? This is the only engine I put this in my 356. the only one, okay. And then the one over here to the right is, a, is one of Dean's new engines. So I still buy wow. some of Dean's engines to put in some cars. And what, why one engine versus another engine? Okay, so Dean's and, and, engine is based and, on... By the way, just spec out this engine. What kind of horsepower are we getting in a Speedster with a Polo? So Dean's engine 200? is about 185 horsepower. Oh, my. Okay. My engine, which is next to it, so that's yes. an Emery engine, which looks similar, but it's based on the, the 964 architecture. Right. Mine is 205. Oh, and then, come on. And then this one, which is fuel-injected, is 260. Oh, and then no. the turbocharged engine in the <laughs> RSR is 393. You're putting 260 in a regular old Speedster. Yeah. With fuel injection and Motec and all the I have cool 175 in mine. I have a Will Hoyt motor yeah. in mine. And, that's, and I, as I'm driving it, I'm always thinking, this will be the thing I die in. Because yeah. it's so great and it's so fast. I, and I think I've driven a Polo engine before. It's an incredible sound. Yeah. What do you have to do to balance out the car, if anything, when you're putting 260 horsepower in there? Yeah, it's is, really... A, it, is it's there a weight difference to the engine? Uh, no, because... Well, there is a slight weight difference. It ends up being about the same as the, the 4-cam engine. Okay. Um, but really, one of the things that I do... Hold on just a second. Hey, Carl! I just needed him to take it down Thanks, a notch Carl. as we're banging on stuff in the background. Um, so, obviously, you want to minimize the amount of extra weight hanging off the back of any Porsche. Right, right. So what we but you're do, saying it's the same as a 4-cam. It's the same as a 4-cam engine. Okay. We also take the engine and transmission and move it forward in our cars. One of those little secrets. Ah, so I, not so anymore. So my, my package moves forward. Okay. Um, Heading towards mid-engine a little bit. No, I mean, we're only talking an inch and a half, two inches, right. but it makes a difference, right? Okay. Um, and then we use a different transmission. So I use like a 901 transmission, which gives you plenty of, of uh, reliability for over 200 horsepower. Because a, a 741, probably like what you have in your Speedster, right. is only good for about 175 horsepower. And then it will start to devour itself. Right, right. So we have to use the 911 transmission. We either use a 901 or a 915 or a G50 in our cars. Um, and then brakes and suspension, you've got to stiffen the chassis because you've got so much more torque and so much more power. So we stiffen the chassis. Uh, and then we also go bigger sway bars and bigger brakes and all that stuff. So it's, it's, that's why our cars wow. aren't – we don't just bolt an engine in. Like for somebody yeah. that has a – You need to be able to stop. You need to be able to drive it. You need to be able to For somebody to that has an original Speedster and they want more power, my first – uh, recommendation is John Wilhoyt because he builds the perfect engine that is a bolt in to your yeah. regular 356 and you don't have to do any modifications right. to it. It can always be changed back. My cars, uh, we, <clears throat> to, you have to modify a number of things. It can be changed back, but you have to do a lot of work to get it to change you know, back. We, you know, I told my nine-year-old I was coming here today and he was flipping out. He goes, are we finally building the every 356? And I said, <laughs> James, can you bring the Speedster there now? And I go, I'm not going to ruin that car it, we're going to get a new one we're going to do this hey watch those ruin words i'm just kidding no well, i don't want to no that car is perfect you don't it's need done a, and it's for the exact reason you just said it's like it's pretty much a spec out 58 speeds yeah. with a bigger engine i want to when i come to your shop and i see this stuff yeah i want to start from scratch with you i want to say let's start with that engine let, let me go find my burned-out husk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let's build something beautiful. Well, like as you can some see. Some of the things that I'm looking at here, like the, the, the gray. Isn't what is that, that a Nardo gray? Or is that that a- is Porsche's 50th anniversary gray. That's one of the, that's the, the 50th anniversary gray. I, I is that gorgeous? It's unbelievable. 
And and what are you doing? This is what I would want to do. I'd yeah. want to start with something like that and make it go really fast. Yeah. What, well, are, we, what are you doing with this? Uh, that is for, you know, Matt Jacobson. Oh, that's Matt That's Jacobson's Matt's car. wife's car. That's oh, come Chris, on. That's Christopher's car. Yes. Well, he must love her a lot, but yeah. I hope he's going to steal that back from himself. Yeah. So that's, that's Christopher's Matt. car. Isn't it gorgeous? His wife's name is Christopher? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's, there's no way, knowing Matt and his love of cars, there's no way he's going to let, let her, her drive that more than well, he's going to drive it. But he has it. a couple of really <laughs> – he, he has that speedster that I found for him, the patina right. car. He's yeah, also yeah, got yeah. the, the, the uh, Compton. I know, but that <laughs> – You know, we're, we're doing some cool stuff to it, I'm too. I'm just kidding, you know, Matt. You're, he's a very generous guy, and what a sweetheart to buy his wife this car. But this uh, – you know, I may have to do the exact same one. It's really a pretty this color. Is absolutely gorgeous. Is he putting that motor, the absolutely. 260 horsepower motor absolutely. in there? Absolutely. This I one mean, though, we're, this one we're doing a sportomatic transmission though. Oh, you are. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's which interesting. Would be fun. I've done some I've d- I've done an automatic car which you know the haters can hate. Uh, but uh, for Not Christopher like- for Christopher's car we're doing a, a, a early 911 sportomatic transmission and uh, That is wild. Yeah, so it'll wow, be really cool. What an cool. interesting project. And a, a, a roll bar, and then a platform in the back for the dog, and all kinds of cool little stuff. <laughs> now this, and then this one to the right is for um, a whim. Uh, this is for a, a lady in New York City. So this is uh, a car. I took a cabriolet and leaned the windshield back, rolled the rockers. Right. It's got uh, you know the oil. All the oil system is uh, behind mm. these little doors. Oh wow! Uh, in front of the wheel. Are those Techno Magnesos? Is that no, this is just a set of roller wheels that we're using on the car. This, these are not. Uh, these are just some kind of cheap steel what do wheels. You use for wheels on the car. Um, I have my own wheel that we oh, developed do. for the cars. Yeah, um, they're actually um, they're a they're a five and a half to a seven in width by sixteen. So that's what I put on most. So that all of our was cars. what we were looking at when in the three D printer. You're making those yes. wheels yourself. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So we we I, and I change them. You know, depending on the car, depending on the style, we uh, we mix up our our wheel design a little bit. They always are reminiscent or look like the old original wheel. Yeah, but they they're, do. Um, they're beautiful. So now there are a lot of cars on platforms up here. So everything and below platforms are these all projects waiting to get done? Are these cars that I can come and? Pick out and go. Let's. let's <laughs> well, everything make on the top shelf is um, is on the waiting list, and everything on the bottom shelf or under the shelf is some work in progress or upgrade. So, like the silver car I built in two thousand one, um, it gets a, a one of the newer Polo engines uh, in it, and a couple of little details that we're doing to it. Um, this black three fifty six, the third one over, is for. Um, uh, Debbie Ackerman, that uh, her husband owns God and Porsche in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so this actually used to be one of our old race cars that that I I bought back from uh, one of our race clients to redo as a proper Emory Outlaw street car. Do you get offered your cars? I do. Most people most people call me up first. Hey, I'm going to sell the car, and I'll, I'll say, yeah. well, then I'll buy it. You yeah, know? of I course. Mean, because I've got I I always have. Right now we have about a two and a half year waiting list, so there's always. I have a running list of instant mm-hmm. gratification guys, people that want one of my cars today or or clients that we've already built one car for and they want another one. And so um, mo- like most of our clients have two cars. You what know? a deal you got um, going on here. What a deal. Now look at the – here would be my second favorite colored car in the Bally shop. Bally Blue Twin Girl Roadster. Holy crap. 
This isn't, you know, you're killing me today, Rod. You're killing to me on a Friday, bringing me to a place like this, making me look at this stuff. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying with jealousy wow, and envy. You. And if, if, you know, you guys got to go to Instagram and check out the pictures I'm taking. I'm going to post a lot and you'll see what I'm talking about. What a beautiful thing to look at, you know. So this gets a uh, tan carpet, saddle color interior. You can see on the, on the bench next to it, we're trimming all the carpet which we do right here in the shop. Um, is Bally, because that looks like dark blue, plain dunkle blue. But is, when is you it see it, and when you see lighter? it outside, Bally blue is, is, a, is a very interesting color because it, it looks dark on the sides, but as soon as you put it in bright light, it just comes alive. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, Rod. One yes. more quick break. No, okay. two more, and then we'll do some quick questions, and we'll get out of here. Cool. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. Well, if you know me, you know I love animals, and I love cats especially, uh... I used to have a couple of cats that that would scare me when I'd walk into a room. They'd be waiting for me, and I like that. You know what I don't like, though? Cleaning up after cats, especially that litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created the new Cloud Control Litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It is 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, helps reduce airborne dander from scooping, so what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you, man. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back. We're still in the workshop here. We're going to take your questions in a minute. Look, at, right. the, look at it. It's like, you know... Yeah, so it's so beautiful to see these sculptures. I almost, you know, sometimes I just like things to stay in that condition. Like they look like <laughs> just beautiful German skeletons. Well, these cars, you know, the projects end up staying in bare metal for anywhere from six to 12 months because right. there's so much work in the chassis. Like you can see this car. We've done all the floors, longitudinals, all the work underneath the car, suspension adjusters, right. all of that stuff. This is the brass. But this is more brass. So There's the next brass. step on this car will be the exterior skin because, you know, we've got to fix all these the old repairs. Right. Uh, but you can see the chassis has already been totally redone. The, the, the actual floors, this has all been reinforced even more down in here to give the car more torsional rigidity. Um, you know, we've built roll bars right behind you for a number of the cars. Gorgeous. So there they are stacked up there kind of ready. <clears> so once we build that, then we... Then we uh, have it powder coated and ready what do you, to go. How in the do you car. deal with roll bars in street cars? What do you recommend your clients do? To wear a helmet or pad them? Or, no, they what are we do is we do right? them. Way, no, we we when we because we build them custom for the car, so we do them all the way to the outside and all the way up tight to the roof, okay. so they're not anywhere near your head. Nobody's getting knocked on the coconut. Nobody's getting knocked on. And then we <laughs> uh, like with Christopher Duke's car, uh, Matt Jacobson's wife, uh, on her car, we're uh, wrapping it in leather. You know, doing kind of cool stuff. that car for my birthday forget the wife buddy <laughs> um yeah so the rest of these cars are are a work in progress you know something that we're uh uh either you know in progress or uh -huh. we're waiting on something the ones over here to the right uh this 55 coupe with the roof rack and uh my luggage that's my personal 55 coupe that i drive all the yeah, time yeah i've seen you in that and then yeah. down here you've got something absolutely delightful and delicious vintage At honda dirt bikes what are these? Okay, so... 50s or 75s? These are uh, CR125, so 1974 CR125. Uh, Elsinores. Oh, my God. That yeah. brings back memories. On my little trailer that I tow behind my car. And, Beautiful. And, uh, and, and this, you ride uh, these? 
I do, yeah. So Where do you uh, take them? Uh, Akatia Wells, El Mirage Dry Lake. Uh, these, these were both actually a gift, uh, one to me and one to Marco at TLG. These were gifted to us up every podcast for Christmas. What's that? He seems to come yeah. up every podcast. Uh, Marco, he's yeah, he's 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 always somewhere. But Marco, uh, <laughs> Marco, so Kevin Genetic Gunner Racing yep. gave these to to Marco and I for Christmas two years ago. No way. And uh, it, you know, Kevin has a, a huge collection of motorcycles, and and he knew that I you know raced motorcycles and ATVs as a kid, and Marco I always think wanted one. My buddy one. Tim Pappas got a couple bikes from him too. He did, and in fact. Speaking of Tim Pappas, Tim was in on the prank when these were gifted to us because it was Tim Pappas's Christmas party at his house. Right. Kevin calls me up and says, hey, Rod, he goes, uh, we're going to play a prank on, on Pappas at Christmas at his party. And I said, okay, so, so I need you and Marco there. You have to help me prank him. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so we get there, and I'm stressed out. How am I going to prank you know, Pappas? He says, don't worry. Just call me when you get there, and I'll give you all the details. So we show up to the Christmas party, and you know Ted Gashu is there, and everybody's there. You know all the regular, you know yep. the, the you know the regulars. We're there, and I'm tr- I'm stressed and trying to figure out when I'm going to call Kevin. Finally, we go down to the garage, and I I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him. So I call him up, and I said, hey, I said Kevin, I got Tim here. What's up? And he says, Tim, open the garage. Tim opens the garage. These two motorcycles are in the garage. And I, and I said to Kevin, I said, well, what's going on? He goes, the prank's on you. He goes, those are for you and Marco. <laughs> so Tim was in on this deal. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you well, know. It's not really a prank. The, it's a surprise uh, gift. It was a surprise <laughs> gift, but it was, we thought we were playing a I Christmas see, I prank see. on I uh, get it. And then that, that little I, red uh, 356. 356 notchback is a, a super cool car. That's the one that Zuckerman needs. But I told Zuckerman I wouldn't sell it to him until he comes to visit. Zuckerman is on his uh, vacation, his yearly vacation. Okay, he's he likes to go to swinger resorts. He's at a place uh, <laughs> that the sandals people uh, have started. It's called it's Thongles. Thongles it's a play on thong. Oh, it's perfect. Thongles. thongles. So he's there with his family. No, so this is this having is a, a nice time. This is a really cool little T uh, six notchback. Now they only built a handful of these. You Very know, rare. Zuckerman would lose his mind if he came here. I he know. Would, I know. It would be. He would be making seven cars at once so he doesn't he's a carnivore for so he would lose it yeah that's why i didn't bring him <laughs> I knew he would end up spending every last time that he had well, that was a car that was daily driven by a lady in santa rosa she drove it all the time what, and it's, it's all original numbers matching all of us and nah, make nah, something? Nah, nah. so anyways so so why wouldn't we turn this into something uh, well maybe we could maybe we could but but um so this lady drove it she passed away and her daughter needed to sell it okay. and so matt jacobson and i bought it uh for fun uh so that we could have a cool little car to drive and yeah and uh i've been driving it around a bit i parked it back here right now just because i've got to keep focused in the shop but uh unfortunately matt said something to to zuckerman and zuckerman says well i want it and i said zuckerman isn't i won't sell it to zuckerman he hasn't even come to visit me yeah. and so anyways that's the j- little joke well, but it is a super, gets his, uh, his super cool. cleaned up from Bungles, <laughs> he'll be fine. Is it an original car? It is original. Red, it is, right? yeah, and it's uh, it's all numbers matching. Wow, what a beautiful little you know, car! It's a cool little car. No end to it, is there, Rod? Well, why no. don't we do this? Yeah, let's uh, go sit down. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna answer some of the listener questions. You're so popular, Rod, uh, that in no. my normal Q and A. I just got a bigger response than I get from my normal posts. <laughs> I have like 100 questions. So we'll answer a couple questions and we'll get you out of here. I know you're busy. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. 
Think of all the weird things you find in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified french fries or melted crayons. I'm not talking about Moise's groceries in the front boot of my GT2 RS. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Actually, Moise's groceries made me wonder about him. Weird vegetables I'd never seen before. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, and Ford GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's the OE Technology Series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE Technology Series multi-V belt for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises when you work on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to the Continental OE Technology Series multi-V belt. The belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, welcome back with Spike's Car Radio. We're here with Rod Emery, Emery Motorsports. We're sitting now in his lovely little hangar space, and we're going to take your questions. Yes, sir, you over there, you have a question. You know, we're, you posted them on Instagram. I'm going to read them to the best of my ability. There are about 100 here, and we'll, we'll answer as many as we can. G-Jen wants to know, and I believe uh, Jen works down at the Porsche Experience Center, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yep, yep. she's great. We love her. What's the most exciting project you have come up with? And what an incredible trip to Germany. What was the best part of your trip? Let's start with a trip. Uh, that was an amazing thing to see you there, you know, visiting re- the homeland. It really was. You know, I've, I've been uh, in this Porsche world, and this has been my life's work for 30 years, and I've never been to Germany, never been to the factory, right. never toured uh, any of that over there. And it's so it really was a dream. Uh, so did they show you things that they don't show other people? Oh, we saw so much cool stuff. So <laughs> like many things what? I can't tell you about. Share, share about. with us. Now, so, I mean, we did. What does that mean? Well, well, now back up. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean future things? Future thing. We saw future things. We saw. Are there exciting uh, future electric things? Electric cars driving around. And, you know, it was really, it was really a cool. No, did you I mean, see it, things that you went, oh my God, I can't wait to get that. You know, so to back up a second, <laughs> uh, you know. Amy and the kids and I, we ordered a, a new Panamera GTS family car yes. uh, through our friends at God and Porsche. So we, we got to do the, the whole delivery, European delivery experience. It's great. So anybody that has never done that and wanted to, you have it's to It's awesome. It. it is an amazing experience. No one's going to do it until they do it themselves, and then they're going to say the same thing. We it all was, go, oh, yeah, I know what it is. But when you do it, it you lose your mind. Awesome. Right, and right. then the factory tour that goes along with it, lunch. and So that whole part I of the experience. I want to know what they showed Rod Emery that uh, they don't show everybody else. You know, Just, okay. In gen- share with us in a general way. All right. So I was invited to uh, enter the you know the gates at Vysok, which was ultra amazing. And and wow. for those of you that have never been there, you have to check your phones and uh, sign your life away and right. all that other good so stuff. So you because, signed an NDA because Vysok is Vysok is where everything Porsche happens. That's where the design studios are. That's where the yep. wind tunnel is. Yep. That's where um, you know. Porsche Motorsport is and the racing division and the test track. Mm-hmm. And so um, obviously there's, you know, I can't give you details of what took place, but I Did can. you really sign an NDA? You, you, yeah, you, you go through. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, they invited Can you me. tell us at least, is this where they got the name for the Vysok package in my GT2? <laughs> so they, they invited me uh, to come and give uh, a presentation to 
the design team at, at, and style. So yeah. we entered this big uh, auditorium room, and there was about 150 people that uh, were super friendly, welcoming to Amy and the kids and I. And uh, I got to give a presentation that lasted about an hour. Did they understand a word of it? Were, 100%. Were, Everybody over there speaks English. They, they don't of. always lead on that they do, but they all... Uh, you know, I noticed that they're very stoic. In the daytime, and as they start to drink the beers, they start to get really happy, and then it goes away again. And then, welcome, Spike. Would every, you like an appetizer? Everybody that we met at Porsche, at, in They're all the greatest, aspects, right? um, they all spoke you English, had to say and, that. and they were wonderful. All right, here's a, here's a question that I have. Are they coming to you now? for tips on how to make things? Well, I think what Porsche has recognized, which is really cool, is they've recognized that today's customer and consumer wants um, personalization, kind of customization on their cars. You know, everybody goes to, you know, with Porsche's exclusive program, um, you know, everybody wants that certain stitching or certain colors or they want to change to carbon fiber and, you know, can we do different wheels? And, you know, you look at this Carrera GT recertification program Mm -hmm. or uh, the 959 program Mm -hmm. where you can take your car that was built you know, uh, years ago and get it recertified, new color, kind of reborn. And so they've recognized that there's people like me, uh, people like Roof, uh, Gunther Works, Singer, you know, people that are customizing stuff on a little larger scale that have a pretty good understanding of what some of those customers want. But they've also realized, from what I can tell, that they understand that we're not stealing customers away from them, that what we're doing is reinforcing their brand. Yes. And so they've been a lot more inviting and friendly to people like myself uh, the last 10 years because, uh, you know, we're all in this together. Um, you know, we're, I'm building I would building say in a lot of ways you're more popular than they are. <laughs> and well, you're connecting with a younger generation than they are, and, and they're trying to play catch up with that a little bit. Well, you know, they've got their, their Porsche Classic program, which right, is right. Um, really focused on— You're the on, Porsche Classic program. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they've got a really solid program. And, and we spent um, a half a day with, with Uwe that runs Porsche Classic, yep. also with, with uh, the team that's reproducing or remaking all of the original parts for all the early cars. That was a very good thing. And I brought over backpacks full of parts for them to no to make. So, That's you know, proper great. original fuse blocks and, yes. and uh, covers and, and uh, you know, all these original parts that they can now have as a sample to build perfect stuff. How, how did they not have these original parts themselves? So they, Porsche, just, they just threw everything away as the as stuff was going on or is it? So to understand the way Porsche manufactures stuff, they build the bodies and and, uh, a number of the parts, but there's a lot of things that are made by manufacturers like Bosch or, you know, other manufacturers. Copy. So when Porsche was building these 356s, they had vendors that were building all of these parts from all over Germany. Those parts would come as they were building them. And what happened is when Porsche stopped buying those parts from the supplier... Those companies would throw away the tooling, throw away the extra parts, throw mm-hmm. away the, you know, the the even the blueprints sometimes. Right, right. So Porsche Classic is now playing catch up a little bit that they want to make sure that us as consumers of the brand have original parts or as close to the original parts as possible to keep our cars running. Wow. You know, whether it's a 964 RS that needs some weird little widget mm-hmm. that's no longer available or it's a 51356, Porsche is doing its best to evaluate what parts are really going to be needed in the marketplace to keep these cars alive. And they're trying to do their best to remake them to the exact specifications and with the tooling. Now there were a number of the, the, how heavy was your backpack? 
Uh, it was heavy. It took, you know, it was <laughs> did really. You, did you check that? Did you bring it and put it on the plane? Or uh, how, how did I, it work? I did. Yeah, you did. I did, and I I got together. Lucas has has become. Did, a what, what did the TSA guy say when you put that through the he's thing? He's looking at it. and He's like, "What is all this electronics?" You know. So um, one of the guys, Lucas, it's just that, a backpack with some wires <laughs> and heavy metal in it. Nothing to worry about, sir. It's not at all a bomb. <laughs> so Lucas, that works at Porsche Classic, he's kind of head of, um, you know some of these parts. He's the one that did the new toolkits. I don't know if you've seen the yeah. amazing mm-hmm. toolkits that are now available for us. Um, you know, he's been here to the shop a couple of times and dug through my warehouse of parts, which I didn't show you the warehouse of parts. Uh, and, time. and, um, uh, and knew that I could supply him with great pieces for them to reproduce anyway. So, so not to be long winded on Jen's question, but Jen, uh, it was amazing over there. <laughs> and I, I posted an update to the Zagato. I did the update to the Zagato. It'll be at the work show, God willing. Um, a lot of people asking about your trip. All right. Um, what, what can you tell us about the new RSR that you made that perhaps we haven't heard yet? That's from Third Pedal. So and I and I saw it up there. It was up on a lift, so I got to see underneath it. It's beautiful. What a beautiful thing to look at. Yeah, it's a pretty wild car, you know. For me, I mean, my my roots and and everything that I've done in Porsche really, you know, as a kid started because I loved racing and going fast and innovation and all that. I you know my first car that I built a '53 coupe was a, a car that I built to go vintage racing. So you know that's why I'm not afraid to modify stuff. Um, the 356 RSR is a car that I've just always wanted to build where you use as many later model Porsche parts and kind of infuse them into uh, a 356. And, and uh, you know, that car uh, started because Enrique that owns Momo came to me and wanted a, a car that uh, had some draw back to or a tie back to Por- or, uh, Momo's heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Porsche, and uh, it all started with that wheel that I designed for it, which was a throwback to the old 935, 962 wheel, and then if you're going to have a big center lock wheel, you got to have big power and all the other stuff. Uh, to answer his question, something that most people haven't really uh, seen or heard about with the car, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a car that uh, isn't going to stop being developed, uh, just like a race car. That's you know, you build a race car, and <clears throat> Uh, it's it goes to the first race and it, mm-hmm. it performs and it wins it does whatever but you continue to innovate and develop and, and right. make cool stuff. It's really how Porsche designs cars too. They do. They Every never year, never they start from scratch. They just kind of get better and better. Right. Um, that car is going to continue to evolve as well. I mean, one of the reasons we made the nose tail and all that stuff removable and is because we want to continue to push the envelope on suspension and handling and all that other stuff. And that has our first twin turbocharged engine in it. And Enrique has been so cool in letting me just continue to develop the platform that it's really become kind of a test mule uh, as well as a car as a promotional vehicle for Momo and a fun thing for Enrique. Twin and turbo making? Uh, 393 horsepower and it weighs 1,950 pounds. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so, and it um, delivers that smoothly or are we spinning does. wheels? No, it's, it's, wow. it's got big tires on it. It's got limited slip and all that cool stuff. That's fun. Wow, I want to drive that. All right, Anthony uh, Day has a good question for you. He wants to know uh, what you think are the differences uh, between the 356 and the Carmen Ghia as an outlaw platform. Uh, primary differences. So I have built one uh, Carmen Ghia outlaw. I built a car that is owned by uh, Tim Allen. It's uh, a Carmen Ghia that has uh, Porsche headlights in it and a Speedster dash and 901 gearbox and a bunch of cool stuff. Wow. Um, you know, I personally love the Carmen Ghia. I mean, it's kind of an awkward looking car, but it's it's got its place in the Volkswagen 
history and, and really kind of a neat little platform. Um, obviously, Are there restrictions uh, as far as like choosing a 356 over a Comrade and Gia? Well, I think what he's asking is kind of, you know, yeah, maybe what... Would I? Would I? What can, could you or could you not do in the Carmen? Well, that a Carmen Ghia is not a unibody car like a 356. A Carmen Ghia is a body on um, pan like a Volkswagen Bug. If you look at a Volkswagen Bug, it has this pan that you can mm-hmm. pull the body off mm-hmm. of, almost like a frame. Carmen Ghias are constructed similar to the way a, a Bug is. Um, so you know, you're never going to really be able to overdevelop or develop amazing suspension and handling on a Carmagia unless you do it like my friend Jochen Bader in Germany. This is a car I got to ride in. Now, this, you see me get a little excited. Yeah, I did. I've never <laughs> been in, in something so blazing fast in my entire life. Jochen used to be the head of Porsche Classic uh, for eight years. He's retired from Porsche Classic. His personal project is he took a Carmagia and he put a 993 engine, transmission, and suspension in it. Come on. This thing is unbelievable. And it fit. It's a Carmagia that has 350 horsepower, and it is so blazing fast. And the front wheel's off the ground? Does it it just ride like that, like a wheelie? It handles amazing. And the (laughs) coolest thing is it's it's TUF approved. It's TUV approved. He showed me binders that were about six inches thick of all the engineering and development that he had to go through with the German, <laughs> oh you know, God. equivalent of DOT to get right, the thing right. approved. <laughs> like, like lift, what it, you know, at 140 miles an hour, how much lift did it get going down the Autobahn? And they played with different spoilers and all this stuff. How do you measure lift at 140 miles an hour? He has all these pictures of, of contraptions that they put on it yeah. with uh, sensors and, uh, and height gauges and wow. uh, little sensors on the suspension. So he really has nothing to do. He's, he doesn't have a wife. He has no family. It, no, he he's does. Just... He's got a great family. <laughs> and his wife has this uh, big graphics company. But um, he, Ah, he, he there just, we go. Yeah. And but he's anyways, like, I'm going to make cars so, with your um, money, lady. Uh, so That's a little th- there are guys out folks. there building some really cool Carmen That's Gias. amazing. All right. Let me, let me get to a couple more questions. I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, you know, Jerry Horton uh, yes. said, said to say hello. Does ah. he, do you make cars for him? I've never built anything for Jerry, but he's become a, a really pretty he's good friend. He's a big friend, fan, right? And, and, well, he's, you know, he's a, he's a hot rodder. He's got a really he cool Merc. Um, and, uh, you know, who he is you know uh, uh he's in a little band called papa roach which, yeah yeah uh, is one of my all-time favorite bands you know great great guy he uh and super loves cool guy. the brand the porsche brand loves the right? cars he took a really amazing photo i think it's still one of the most viewed on my instagram of the back view of the 356 rsr at sema when it was in bare metal and and jerry took that photo and i posted it and it immediately got like fifteen thousand uh uh and it was just, uh, you know, just a lot for me. So Yeah, uh, that's know, a was, lot it, for anybody. It, 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 what are you talking about? Amazing, so. All right. Um, we talked about the Speedster that's going on. Bring a trailer. Sawyer that wrapped up at half a million dollars. It was bought by our mutual friend, Eli Kogan. Um, and I, you know, I ran into a guy who was at Malibu Cars and Coffee last week. Oh, I guess I'm not supposed to talk about that. They don't want the word to get out about oh. Malibu Cars and Coffee. Anyway. There was this beautiful green 356 that was an Emery 356 that uh, I heard was built at the same time as the Aquamarine car. That's correct. correct. So that's John Linfesti that lives okay. in, in Santa Monica. That car um, is gorgeous. So I built that stone gray A Coupe right. and the Speedster for um, uh, a gentleman up in Seattle, Richard Emerson. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is the one that ended up selling the cars. But uh, uh, but I built both of them at the same time for him. Uh, 50, you know, uh, 58. 
A coupe and this 56 speed. So they were both for the same guy. Both the same guy. Wow. Yeah. Really cool article in classic Porsche magazine that uh, talked about both of them being both those car. This was done maybe in 2012 or 2013, but the article is, uh, you know, like talking about how they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Cause they're yeah. both very subtle on the outside, but they've got, you know, polo engines and nine 11 suspension and annular brakes. Wow. All right, here's a great question. I love this. A streetcar, a street, a streetcar Wade desires. They, they can never just put their names. By the way, it's Jim. This is a good question, though. Whoever you are, if Rod could have someone else build him a car, who would that be, and what would it be? Oh, very open-ended kind of builder car question. You can pick anything, any builder. Wow, hmm, that's good, right? I you like know, that. I have so much respect for so many builders out there, and um, obviously. You can only pick one, Rod. I can only pick one. <laughs> They'll be fine. They understand. Wow. And it's just today. I know every day we feel differently about what we might buy and what we desire. But today, as you're sitting here right now. Does it have to be Porsche? or No, no, uh, it does not. It can be anything. Any builder. Any any builder out there, like well-known or just uh, a backyard builder. Okay, well. This isn't like a if, real quiz show. There's well, no uh, S&P and, department and This here. might not be the answer that they're looking for, <laughs> but if there was any builder out there that I could have build a car for me, it'd be my Uncle Don. Uh, uh, he is the one that taught me how to do body and paint work uh, back when I was 10, 11 years old. In fact, uh, uh, he restored a few cars for Jerry, uh, Don Emery down in Fallbrook, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's retired now, just building some cars uh, on the side. But um, well, uh, I, can I, he build you something, Uncle I, I would have him build me a 29 Roadster pickup. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and the reason why is because one of the first cars that I ever drove as a kid, I was 10 years old at the, um, uh, the West Coast the the West Coast Customs event up in uh, um, Paso Robles, and uh, it, uh, there was a, a guy and my dad and a bunch of other guys that were drinking beer, and and uh, this guy had this little twenty nine Roadster pickup, and I was driving it all. I drove. I was ten years old, and I was like kind of shuttling them mm-hmm. all around at the event and all around Paso Robles uh, at the West Coast Customs event. But uh, yeah, if I could have any builder build me a car, it would be my uncle Don Emery uh, build a twenty nine Roadster pickup. That's very sweet. Phil nine nine three six two says uh, no question, Spike. Just want to say it's the greatest podcast of all time. Uh, well, thank you. That's a uh-huh. very nice compliment. I know we got to get you out of here, but there's a question. I, that someone asked that that's a good question and, and it'll be a nice discussion. We won't really be able to get in as deeply as I'd like to. I think we could do multiple episodes on this one. Um, but I actually want to know this. Um, you're a good person to ask. And that is what happened to James Dean's spider oh. the 550 and his speedster. And his speedster. <laughs> and his speedster. The spider oh, and the speedster. You know, I changed the... your question. I know it's not yeah. written the way you wanted to. But first, the spider, what do you know about this spider? Because I know a couple things about it, and it, it doesn't quite exist in its current form. Yeah, right. It's it's parted out. Well, I mean, obviously, the, you know, it's the biggest mystery cars on the planet. 550, you know? right. And, and um, uh, you know, if that car ever was to officially probably be the most expensive uh, spider of all time. But you know? it, after the crash, there were a lot of parts that were separated from the car, right? right. And the bot... But if it was all to come back together and somebody was to restore it... it, it You're it, looking it, at me with a little smile on your face like you know somebody. Jerry and I, six years ago, tried to, <laughs> went, down, went down this road, right? And we actually found some what we thought were significant pieces of the car. Yeah. 
And then the, I believe it was a dentist who ended up with some significant parts and someone else who had some significant other parts. And then, But it's also cursed, parts. right? You know about the curse? Yes, and, indeed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so... so I don't it, believe in that. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. I don't there believe in it either, us, but, yeah. but, it also, but it does make me a little nervous uh, right. know, if somebody says, hey, Rod, I'm going to But is that consistent a- with what you've heard? Like that there were, let's say, three dumpsters <laughs> full of parts in different parts of the world, right? The so, body... The drivetrain. So from what I understand, yes. The wheel was maybe on somebody else's 550 yeah. but there, on the East there, Coast. But there are a few people that know where everything is at. There are. Yeah. Wow. And who are those people? You're smiling Come on. again. I'm not going to. Tell not, me what Porsche's up to right now, I'm Rod. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. But, uh, so someone but, is, but, someone but is on to this and someone is. Well, of course. We, we've all, it's, it's been the dream of all of us, right? I mean, you and Jerry, what, you, you know, six years ago, we're doing the same thing, trying to see what you could find. You got, all right. When, when we turn this off, you're going to tell me what you know. i got to get cameras on this. I've got a production company. I've got to make, I've got to start shooting this right now <laughs> so that when they're, they're done, I've got a show I can sell to Netflix. Anyway. You're looking at your watch. I'm looking at my watch. We both have to go. uh, That's my wife. uh, No, we're just saw Speedster went for 500. That is awesome. That's so sweet. I can't believe she noticed. She know. Oh, of course, right? Right What a wife! Oh, my wife. She's yeah. She's a trooper. What a wife! Yeah. What a wife! Yeah. She's in it, huh? She's in. She's actually up in Big Bear right now. At girls' camp uh, with my daughter, dude. I could be uh, on the biggest TV. I've been on, and, it, and it's like I won't even. What did you do today? Oh, it's just on Stephen Colbert. <laughs> That's what I did today, honey. Oh, okay. What's that weird car in the girl? Oh, it's a GT2. You don't even know. I what? Just not paying attention at all. That is the sweetest thing I've ever seen. We're gonna leave it right there. What's your wife's name? Amy. Amy, you're the best. You're the new favorite wife of Spike's Car Radio. Rod, I'm going to have to say this. Well, I'm going to have to come back again with Zuckerman. We're going to look at cars. Thank you. I know you're hugely busy. Thank you so much for taking time out. Um, well, I'm going to be up at Pebble. And if you want to hang out with me, Pat Dempsey, and Hurley Haywood and uh, get some advice on how to race your Porsche, I won't be able to give you that. But Hurley and Dempsey will. Uh Go to the Pebble Beach Concours forums and get yourself a ticket. They're going to go fast, but they are up on the page right now, and they are for sale. If you can't make that Friday at 11 a.m., Thursday at 2 p.m., I got Adam Corolla. He's taking a break from the Monterey Historics and driving that beautiful 935 that he owns, and he's going to come and hang out. He's probably going to be wearing his racing suit and be sweaty and have smudges of dirt on his face. And again, we'll answer all of your questions, and we're going to have a good time there too. So uh, again, go to Pebble Beach Concours forums. And, Rod, thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey, it's Adam Carolla letting you know about my newest podcast, Going Racing. Me and Matt, the motorator, DeAndrea, that is. We'll uh, highlight the fastest cars. We'll talk about the best races and the best celebrities in motorsports. Subscribe now at Podcast One.